to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you're all doing well a day after Roma just... Oh, you run out of words to to properly describe this club. Just when you think they 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 will never let you down for the remainder of the season, they rip your heart out in the dying minutes of a pivotal, 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 crucial, use whatever adjective you want to use, match as they drop two points to Genoa. Uh, going to bring Andy on in just a minute. I have to quickly mention our two sponsors, as usual, Euro Fantasy League for the best in online fantasy football go to eurofantasyleague.com where you can play a variety of games from Ligue 1, A, the Premier League they also have a variety of great content on their website at eurofantasyleague.com as well as their Champions League game at fantasy-champions-league.com also have to mention romapress.co.uk our newest betting partner if you go to romapress.co.uk sign up for the price of a coffee per week you can get the best in football betting tips with over 90% accuracy and access to six of the big European leagues. So again, romapress.co.uk. Start winning more bets, start winning more money. Um, And I also have to thank our wonderful patrons over at Patreon. We've had a few new ones in the past week. First have to mention our newest patron, Angelo, who you can find on Twitter at C-A-N-E. Corso, C-O-R-S-O-646, and on Instagram at C-A-N-E-C-O-R-S-O-112. So that's Kane Corso112 on Instagram and Kane Corso646 on Twitter. And then Michael, who you can find on Twitter at Michael, S-H-E-E-H-A-N, the number 8 on Twitter. Again, Michael Sheehan and the number 8 on Twitter. Um, and, and also have to mention, Michael, other than thank you for supporting the podcast and the website, um, I, I have to wish you safe travels because I know you will be in attendance at the Olimpico this weekend as Roma face Juve. So other than having a safe and fun trip to Rome, please, please, please bring home the three points for Roma because we all know the Champions League would be completely over should they lose to Juve at the weekend. So, Angelo, Michael, thank you both so much for opting to support the podcast, support the website. If you would like to support the podcast, get early access to the podcast episodes and get extra episodes as well, you can go to the support page at the top of romapress.net or you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press. So again, thank you to all of our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Without you, none of this is possible. Um, And again, from the bottom of my heart, truly, truly means a lot that you guys opt to support um, our endeavors here. So thank you, thank you so much. Uh, Let's bring Andy on now. We, uh, We discuss the match, obviously, but we get into more stuff about just the season in general. The disappointment, Palotta, Conte, uh, a little bit of Monchi as well. This one was a bit all over because it sort of feels like, and of course you may feel differently, that having dropped those two points to Genoa, it, it sort of feels like that we're not really just analyzing this match. We're sort of psychoanalyzing the entire season. It's more of a big picture sort of look just because... Roma didn't lose out on Champions League football this past weekend. I, I mean, 
opportunity after opportunity this team has let fall to the wayside. You could count the 10, 12 opportunities as to where Roma lost the Champions League place for next season. It's just, again, I tweeted it out. It just seemed like that result and the way it happened, it just feels like that's just the sort of season Roma are having, and we just have to look towards next season. It's just, this has been one of the most torturing campaigns I've ever had to endure as not only as someone who's reporting and writing about Roma, but just someone from a pure supporter standpoint. This has been absolutely torturous in the manner in which Roma have gone out and performed this season. We can point to a variety of displays. Cagliari, Chievo, Champions League against Porto. I mean, pick your poison. (laughs) That's how it's been this season. It's just been horrible and... Uh, this past weekend against Genoa was just another chapter in the long, long book that has been this 2018-2019 campaign. So uh, I'll stop rambling. I'll bring Andy on now as we discuss again Genoa, a little bit of Conte, the sporting director situation, uh, and, and and more. So here he is now. Here's Andy. All right, Andy. Um, big, big, big opportunity missed yesterday by Roma what are you thinking now certainly this complicates things doesn't it yes it does and uh uh it's uh it's still it it still fits the whole the whole season Roma have been living uh the moment where you pick things up the moment where you pull off a very convincing performance um they disappoint, and uh, they cannot find a way to uh, to capitalize uh, their chances. And uh, yesterday, I thought the, the result was very, very fair because Genoa deserved uh, that draw, at least the draw. And the difference was that one team knew what they were fighting for. The other team just walked on the pitch and looked defeated from start to finish. I thought so too. The the thing that shocked me the most, and maybe you agree or disagree, but the the effort, the passion, the balls, there was really, especially in that first half, uh, there was really only one team who displayed that. That for me was something we've seen in recent weeks that Ranieri has really, really brought to the team. But oh my God, they looked like nothing. Um, I mean, there's no arguing that Genoa were the better side over 90 minutes. I agree with you in the sense that. I mean, Roma were lucky to get out of there without a draw, especially when you consider the absolute meltdown that they had at the end of the match where Mirante saves the penalty on Sanabria. But, oh, my God, I just the effort level was, for me, the most shocking part. I, I was astonished by that. Yeah, and I, I hope I hope this this was not due to the the fact that, you know, maybe they saw the the Atalanta turning things around and, and perhaps got demoralized or, you know, uh, maybe they just didn't have it. it. It just, they just didn't come out with the sense of urgency that they had when they faced Cagliari. When they played Cagliari, they knew that from the start, they needed to get some points out of that game. And here, they sort of walked on the pitch and said, let's hope for the best. And they just looked very defeated out there. And it, it looked like maybe they had stopped believing in in, uh, in reaching the goal. 
And I, I thought when they scored, I thought this is going to be one of, if we get three points out of this, this is going to be one of the biggest sort of robberies in terms of performance uh, uh, of the season because Roma did not deserve to win. And, you know, that's it. The, the result was fair um, because Roma just didn't do enough, didn't do enough. And they didn't show the same defensive uh, organization behind. They didn't show the same intensity going forward. A lot of individual mistakes, a lot, and many unconvincing performances. And it, it it's baffling, but this is, has been the story of the season. Yeah, and I thought one – you put out a tweet. It was in Italian, so I don't know if anyone who's listening to this who may or may not have seen it, but – you said something about um, sort of the the older champions, the Senatori on the team. Moments like that towards the end of the match where – or in matches like this where they, they're they the ones who have to stand up. They're the ones who have to raise their heads a little bit. And they just didn't. They didn't at all. I, I the, the scary thing about that match was I don't even know who performed well. Like many – on many other occasions, right? This season has right. been – these matches were – if we, if it goes bad, everybody's bad. There is not maybe I would probably save only El Sharawi because again with uh, with a phenomenal touch, he, he he gave us a chance. We saw a glimmer of hope uh, thanks to him. I thought I thought Fazio was better than Manolas. I thought Manolas was getting bullied yesterday, uh, and it just it, it just proves a point that. On this team, on this current roster, everybody's touchable. Everybody. Everybody is – there is not one player that really makes a, a big difference uh, for this team. There is not one player that can carry the load. Um, El Sharawi has certainly been that for a part of this season. But in terms of leadership, this team lacks so much. And – I don't know if you have seen this the statistics, but we've lost someone counted up. We've lost a total of seven points uh, in the dying minutes. So past the 90th minute, Roma this season have lost seven points to Cagliari, to Milan, uh, uh, yesterday to Genoa, and it's it's something uh, to Napoli. It's unbelievable, unbelievable, and it's all about the mentality. Players not being able to. Uh, stay uh, aware, uh, stay sharp for 90 minutes, 90 plus. You're right. It's an absolute character flaw. And another hat tip here to the wonderful Twitter account, AS Roma Data. They put out a tweet that Roma have conceded 11 goals in the last 10 minutes of a match this season, which is only bested, or I should say worst, um, Kievo with 14, Frozenone at 12, are the only worst size to concede more goals in the last 10 minutes of a match. Um, they're the only ones who have done worse than Roma, which, I mean, if you're looking, as you just mentioned, just a flaw that they have within the team, their inability to stay on for 90 minutes is just astonishing. And you would think, I mean, what is the shit we heard all week coming into this match? We have four finals. We're going to treat Jesus these last four Christ, matches like final. Yes. Oh, my God. Everybody's saying it. Ranieri's saying it. Fazio's uh. saying it. Everybody. I mean, that's pretty worrying if uh, that's how you approach a final, where you turn off for essentially the last 15 minutes. I have to tell you, even after they scored the goal, um, 
I had very little confidence that they'd be able to hold on to the lead because they were, without question, the more inferior side on the day. Genoa had their best XG, their expected goals tally, of the season. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, this is a side that is in one of their worst moments. They have... I don't know if anybody saw the stadium, but there was nobody there. I mean, if there was ever an opportunity to just steal a result, all you have to do is stay on for 10 more minutes. Not not even. I mean, El Shadawi scored that goal, I believe, in the 82nd minute. I mean, gosh, I don't know about you, but that that felt like um, if there was ever a way where Roma lost the Champions League, I feel like that moment right there, just sort of summarize the entire season. Just a nightmare. A nightmare. The, it, it is. And it's it's the story of the season. Um, you know, Genoa has always been a painful uh, a painful memory for for most of us Romanisti um, with that whole Samp game uh, where we basically lost the Scudetto. And here it looks like we lost the Champions League spot. Um Unless a double miracle happens and by some sort of chance we we manage to slip by and Atalanta lose uh, a couple of games, we are out. But but it's the story of the season, and there's part of me that's you know the the, the neutral fan part of me. Obviously, we need Champions League for finance. We need Roma rely on 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 the money from the Champions League, obviously. But but the neutral fan inside of me thinks what I said in March. Remember when we made that very negative episode where we basically said that we don't deserve Europe, and that's that's the truth. I I still feel the same about it because. This has been a, a historically bad season, and it—I just don't think that a fourth place, you know, obtained at the very last second, obviously would be an incredible miracle, and it would be fantastic as a fan, all, all everything, great. But at the same time, this season cannot be swept under the rug. You know, it's. It's been so bad and it's been so hard to watch. And we've we've gone through a coaching change, a sporting director leaving us, so many physical just issues, injuries of all sorts, players getting into it in the locker room. Um, that it, it cannot be swept under the rug. This cannot be ignored. So there is a part of me that says, you know what? It's we don't deserve it. We don't. If that if that game against Genoa was supposed to be the game that made the difference, then we don't deserve it because we played that game in a in a horrible way. Uh, we 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 lacked everything. We lacked guts. We lacked in, intelligence, and that's the result. That's a pretty good summary of of how I feel as well. It's just. <laughs> Again, I, I feel like yesterday was sort of the, the perfect metaphor for how this season has gone. I mean, you can point to, and it's really interesting because I after the match, it didn't seem like everybody was more fixated on the short term. What does this mean for our Champions League hopes? It felt like everybody was more fixated on where did it go wrong this season? Uh, was it Monchi's fault? Was it Di Francesco's fault? Is it the player's fault? And there's just so many people who who have to take the blame. Was it Palotta? Who 
who who is the person that we can sort of crucify to to lay this blame after a disaster of a campaign and I think this season has just been a recipe of so many things going wrong from the summer transfer market to having a manager I think a bit out of his depth when it comes to being at the necessary level that is required of a Champions League manager I I, I think it was just so many things and I think that is what we've seen happen this season as a result of all of those and I don't know whether or not they're going to make the Champions League now. I mean, certainly, I mean, I think it's very remote. Now, is it over? No. I mean, what do you think Juve does against Atalanta? Because I find that interesting. Do they roll over or what? I, I don't know. if Even if they don't roll over, this Atalanta right now, the one we're seeing right now is special. I just don't know if, if Juve, after celebrating a Scudetto, even by fielding their starters, if they have what it takes uh, to outperform a team that is really going for it. Um, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what to expect from Juve against us. Uh, because if it was after the Cagliari game, I would have said we, we had a good chance of beating them. And now, I don't know. I don't know how much they believe in it. I I thought the, the post-game interview with El Shrawi was sort of ridiculous because he said this is a good point. Uh, toward our objective i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah. on what planet he's living in and has he seen the standings because it's i think it's highly unlikely and um and any sort of miracle it i don't think it goes to the players it, i in my opinion if we if we would even smell the fourth spot it's all thanks to ranieri um but yeah it's it, 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 it's tough to say because now Atalanta also have to play Genoa and the Genoa we saw against us can beat a number of teams. They gave us certainly a lot of problems. So there is that as well. For a club who has struggled and for a team who has struggled for the better part of eight or nine months here, it really felt like yesterday that they, you know, all season they've been a disappointment, but they really could have put a lot of that behind them had they have taken this opportunity by the horns and they just let it fall to the wayside. And I don't know about you. Um, I, I just feel like irregardless of whether Roma makes a Champions League or not, if there has ever been the need for just a massive restructuring, a reboot, a restart, a demolition, whatever word you want to use of this roster – for me, it has to come this summer. Again, irrespective if they qualify for the Champions League. Or not. Yeah, I agree, and that's I agree, and that's why I said that this season cannot be swept under the rug. Meaning, I, even if we get that fourth Champions League spot, I I certainly don't want to see a big part of whatever. I'm not even saying the players. I want a lot. Most of the staff, the the the. the physical trainers i want them gone i want I, I want new people i want some fresh faces because there is just so many issues to this team there are so many layers to it that taking one thing for granted can be very dangerous and uh, can you know can lead us to to believe that some this thing is wrong and then ignore a whole other issue so um right now it's 
the most important thing I think is to sort out the the sporting director place uh, position. See who's going to be the next one. Is it going to be Petrarchi? Is it going to be Massara? Is it going to be both of them? Um, who's going to be the coach? And then step by step, bring in new people. I, I'm I'm excited to see if uh, if it's if the news about Bertelli um, are are true. If if uh, if he's going to come in for the for the physical trainers and as part of the staff, he's going to come in. Uh, the guy has a lot of experience. The teams he's been on have always done well uh, in uh, injury-wise. Um, it's this has been a special season uh, in all the worst ways, and uh, this summer needs to be a serious rebuild uh, uh, period because this cannot go on and. Um, there are just too many issues with it. The, which for a team like Roma, for a team that desperately needs that fourth Champions League spot, for a team that aspires to be something, to take the next step, they need to take the next step. But but step by step, by eliminating the the, the numerous flaws that they have. God, I I don't even. It, it's hard to even talk about things right now because it just feels like the club has gone stagnant I was hoping they would have some sort of decision on the sporting director the manager by now there's nothing that's a little worrying I have to be honest I mean they've had almost two months now to get this sorted Monchi Di Francesco they were fired in the first week of March it's the 6th of May so for things to be lingering here almost 60 days, I, I think is a, is a little worrying. It's hard to understand where they're going to go. I'm sure, obviously, Champions League, no Champions League, will have a big, big impact from a financial standpoint as to what they can or cannot do in the summer. So I guess I can understand from that standpoint. But I don't know about you, but the, the, the sense I've been getting from the rumors we've been hearing all, all month about Conte – I'm I'm really feeling a bit more distant now than I, I initially had because I, I felt like Roma had this very unique window of opportunity to try and lure him to the club because, again, um, Inter, Spalletti still the manager. PSG, they still have a manager. United, they still have a manager. Juve, they still have Allegri. Whereas Roma are really the only team with, with a, a vacancy at the moment. And I feel like to lure a manager such as Conte, they had a very, very unique opportunity in front of them. And I I don't know if you agree with this, but I kind of feel like they've they've fumbled that opportunity a bit. No, I don't I don't agree. And certainly you know more than I do about these things because you know you're you're well connected and I'm just a fan. But uh, I from what I read, from what I saw people talking I don't. I just. I don't think the situation has changed. I think we need to. We need to consider who we are talking about here. We are talking about Conte, a manager who makes a shitload of money and who's taking his time to make a decision, an important one, and he's sort of trying to see who's going to offer more. And from reports and from what a lot of people agents uh there was the son of lippi who also spoke about it uh it seems like the only team that has presented him a concrete offer was roma now 
I, I, I never expected Conte to make a decision before the end of the season, so I'm still not surprised. Obviously, the silence is, is worrying, but it's this is not we're not talking about Giampaolo. We're not talking about some second tier, uh, you know, coach uh, from a farmers league or from a mid table team. This is Conte, one of the highest paid coaches in the world, and and one of the best. I'm not surprised. I, I he's try, he's clearly trying to see what might change uh, because from the reports that I've been reading. You know, at Inter, there are different people who want different things as well. So, for example, uh, Marotta um, likes Conte a lot and would like to bring him in. But at the same time, uh, he has to convince other people in Inter management about about uh, maybe sacking, potentially sacking Spalletti. Then in, in at Juventus, uh Paratici wants Conte, the sporting uh, Juventus sporting director wants Conte, but the president doesn't want Conte. So he he's clearly waiting out and 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 trying to squeeze as much money as as he can. Um, and you know, and then he says the usual stuff. Today's in the interview to an Italian talk show. He wants he said he wants to go to a team that has a winning project and uh, he gave a 60% chance of him going to Italy. Now, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe whatever people like him say on these talk shows. Well, we also have to consider the television exactly. program. That exactly. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, he also said, uh, I, I wasn't contacted by any team. And that is clearly also untrue from numerous reports. So, I'm not worried. I'm mostly worried. I have to be honest. I'm mostly worried about the sporting director role. I because I really I think that is the most important one. Because once you hire the sporting director, then you finally can have some sort of idea about where the project is going. And I don't like the silence. I don't like the silence either. Um, I'm I'm getting a little worried. Um, I thought Petraki would be. We would have something not official but more we would have more white smoke and you you just reference the manager twitter twitter's a funny place um especially if you can speak two languages there's uh roma twitter in italian versus roma twitter in english is it's funny to yes. watch things unfold um roma twitter in italian is john paolo is like a running <laughs> joke, joke 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 yes <laughs> and that's probably putting it lightly the 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 prospect of hiring him is terrifying. Um, whereas I, I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of Roma supporters in English saying, "Oh, yeah, I think yes, the manager he yes. does this well, that well." Um, so, so it's just interesting to see the contrast. Um, I, I, I think he would be just not at all the right fit. I, I think he would be. Can you imagine the reaction from from everybody, not only fans oh. but the media as well, after all these rumors about Conte and yeah. and, and and you know going from Di Francesco to, to potentially hiring another sort of Di Francesco? My God! Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up, and, and maybe this is something again you you may agree with or disagree with, but. I, I've seen, especially yesterday, a lot of people taking aims at Palotta and whatever. That's fine. Um, apparently, Roma were winning a lot before Palotta arrived, so we can <laughs> we can operate under that assumption. But 
one of the things that I would like to think at least is, listen, if we go through the track record of Palotta, who are the who are the managers he's brought in? He's brought in a, a Luis Enrique from Barcelona's B side, not the Luis Enrique who won the Champions League. So unproven, Zeman, I mean, we all know who he is. Rudy Garcia won some things, but I, I doubt anybody would have called him a champion or a world-class manager at the point he was appointed at Roma. Um, Spalletti, obviously. Di Francesco speaks for itself. Do you think maybe Palotta has realized that the time is now that, listen, I've owned this this club for nearly a decade. I have cheaped out on every single manager that I have appointed. When it came to trying to keep Spalletti, I wasn't willing to come forth with the funds that Inter were willing to offer him. Do you think he might be finally coming to the conclusion that we can only do so much with this team? I mean, we can do all the trading in the transfer market. We can sell. We can buy. But if you have a shit manager, does any of that really matter? I, I Part of me thinks Palotta is maybe maturing and realizing his mistakes that the time is now for Roma to appoint a top-tier manager, which is why I love to see these rumors with Conte. Yes, and it's and it, 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 I think that, uh, surely you know after all the money uh, invested in players, uh, then you know you and and and, and Palotta has always tried to. Yes, he sold many, many talents for a lot of money, but he always uh, gave uh, a carte blanche to reinvest that money um, on equally talented players for most of the time. And, uh, and, uh, and, and he brought in players that we never thought we'd see with a Roma shirt. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, players like even one of my favorites, uh, Seydou Keita, um, who I adore, and and mm. he was one of those veterans that to me really made the difference. He was one of those players that he, he belonged to a golden era for Barca, and then you saw him with a Roma shirt, and that really made an impression on me. I remember as a fan. So and and he did that. Palota gave you know carte blanche allowed us to to sort of get the players that may we wanted but didn't work invested a lot in a sporting director that was world famous for his method for the deals he had done for players he had discovered Dani Alves uh, Ramos you know all sorts of players uh, from all over the world world talents that went on to big clubs and it didn't pan out so now it seems like the last option to make something happen is to invest in a big coach as you said this is the perfect window because Roma are are in a transition period they haven't had the best of seasons actually they've had a historically bad season and other teams seem to be satisfied obviously this is football so as you know there is a lot of smoke uh and 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 so when somebody says something it doesn't necessarily mean that but it seems like other teams are satisfied at the moment. So it is a pretty good moment for Roma to invest in a coach. And I think this is the difference maker. This can be a difference maker if we keep things simple. If, again, we bring in somebody like Petrarchi or stick to a guy who knows, uh, uh, you know, the situation at Rome with the finance and everything like Massara, 
it is important though to bring in a coach even a world class coach like Anton uh, like Antonio Conte especially uh, by by making things clear by not lying to him by saying look this is the situation Romar and you'll have to accept that a number of players are going to be sold due to uh, a number of reasons because we are just not uh, PSG we are not uh, Manchester United we're not a wealthy team that's the most important thing to have a healthy project sort of like what Napoli are doing with Ancelotti Ancelotti was fully aware to what team he was going uh, knew the realities of the situation knew he couldn't aim for a trophy like the Champions League or whatnot but knew he it was a gradual process I think Roma must have the confidence to sort of present a project like that to a, a manager like Conte yeah, and you would think, though, too, that, I mean, he's lamented the fact that it's taken him, he's waited too long to sack managers in the past, and you would hope that just from a presidential standpoint, I mean, this guy has not worked in football before, you would hope that perhaps he's seeing his mistakes come to light a bit easier, that he's realizing that, you know, I I, I can't do this anymore, because listen... I mean, Roma can sell all the players they want. They can buy all the players they want. But if you have Eusebio Di Francesco at the helm, I mean, does any of that really matter? Does it Does it really matter at the end of the day if the guy on your bench is there because he only earns one and a half million euros? To me, it just gets to the point where he has to make a decision. I mean, if it means... If bringing in Conte means one less midfielder, one less attacker for the summer, then to me, that is a without question no-brainer. No, I, I mean, it shouldn't even be in discussion. Obviously, obviously, it shouldn't be in discussion. You, you, you know, take off some of the contracts that we have, dump contracts like the one to Pastore, Juan Jesus, you know, Perotti. I'm fine with that. I'm more than happy. Obviously, that is going to be very difficult. But at the same time, it's this is the time for Roma to make sort of like a compromise, you know, to say, okay, we're not going to spend a, a shitload of money for a talented, I don't know, young player from Atalanta, even like Mancini, who's going to cost us this much money because we want to have uh, enough salary money for a guy like Conte um, and it's uh, part of me you know I want to see this Roma team have a clear project a winning project but at the same time to do it slowly yet yet sort of uh, convincingly you know to to really be convinced of something because Roma I think have a lot of different ideas it's this is a club that has been very confused over the last few years they don't really know what to aim for is the Coppa Italian objective is reaching second place or third place or fourth place an objective what are we doing here is the quarterfinals and the CL an objective I and and I think we need to Roma need to focus on something and then slowly, slowly but surely build up on uh, uh, small uh, achievements like Napoli this season. You 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 keep hearing Ancelotti. I'm sorry for bringing up this example, but this is a, a, sm, a relatively small club that has hired a world class coach, and this world class coach is 
fully aware and, and accepts the situation he's in and is satisfied of the season Napoli have uh, completed, even though some might say it wasn't a good season at all. But it all starts from some somewhere, right? And and it seems like Roma have been afraid to accept that as a reality. They always need to take one more step, one more transfer market deal. We need to spend this much money on another winger and on another midfielder. As you say, maybe it's time to let those ideas go away and, and uh, invest in something that gives you a higher percentage of winning something. Yeah, I mean, clearly they have to change something. I, I mean, their, 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 their revenues are not going to change overnight. So, so, so battling Juve for the Scudetto is going to be very, very difficult. But I, I feel like if you can make small changes. Look, Napoli appointed Ancelotti, clearly a much better manager than Sarri. Now, that's nothing against uh, the latter, but he just is. Proven manager, one of the biggest things uh, that there are to win. It just feels like you you can't change the revenue. You can't change the, the money portion. You can't change the financials. But the things you can change that are in your control, I feel like, are things you have to take advantage of. And if that means bringing Antonio Conte and paying him an exorbitant amount that you're used to paying. Listen, again, Eusebio Di Francesco was earning 1.5 million euros in his first season. Antonio Conte was earning close to 9 at Chelsea. So whatever that is, seven, eight times more than your than, than your ex-manager was, was earning. I mean, it, obviously, massive, massive amount. But I feel like if they just keep going as is, what is the, what is the end game? What is the... I mean, do they just continue like this until the stadium opens? Do you I, – I just feel like this – you're just continuing with the same song without a real end. Um, nothing is changing. So I would like to think that Palotta could at least see the, the rationale behind opening his checkbook, going a little deeper in his pockets, and realizing that, listen, managers like Antonio Conte – for them to even have interest in Roma is flattering. Whether we like it or not, this is not a team like Milan, who are, yes, going through a difficult time, but, I mean, they've reached the the apex of European football. That is not Roma. Roma are trying to work their way up to there. And, again, I, I feel like when opportunities like this arise, you have to take them. So, I mean, aren't you worried? I don't know about you. I am, but I, I'm certainly worried. I mean, we've seen the name Sarri. We've seen the name Conte. I, I have to tell you, after seeing those names, even regardless of whether they're realistic or not, my God, if they don't get either of them, anybody who comes in that aren't those two is just going to feel like a massive, massive, massive disappointment. I, I agree. I was thinking about it because, there, listen, there's been a lot of talk about Sarri and the guy just qualified for the Champions League next season uh, with a few games in advance, right? And and everybody deemed this to be a, a, a bad season for Chelsea. Um, so I don't think... I don't think he's an option anymore because he's said many times that he wants to stay there. Uh, he's achieved something important uh, in terms of CL placement. And as you said, Conte is, is you know, is a flattering thing to, to even be linked to him. Um, and otherwise, 
I just don't see other names, right? It's and the names that I am seeing are are better off uh, remaining, let's say, unemployed for the time being, um, because really, and and that's why I just hmm, I I want this I want this transfer market to be important in terms of that. I really I don't care who leaves. I don't care who leaves. I think everybody can leave, and and it won't make a, a difference to me as a fan. But that that sporting director choice, that coaching choice is really vital because this team needs to play real football, something we haven't seen in a long time. I don't think you can do that with guys like Giampaolo. Um, I, seriously, nothing against the guy. It's just that I'm tired of Roma being linked to people like 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 him. I want Roma to be linked with people like Sari. I want Roma to be linked with people like Conte, people who profe- profess football, people who have proven to have uh, some sort of winning method. Okay, Sari hasn't won trophies, but we've seen his teams play. They play. They play football. And, and, and this team needs to start playing football. This team needs to embrace a certain style because when you watch Roma play, and if you ro- watch Roma play over the last two years, they lack identity. And I think that is the worst thing a, a football team can do. I think so too. It's uh, it, it's certainly worrying. It's um, yeah. I, I, I again, you're linked with Sarri. You're linked with Conte. I mean, even if they were to appoint Gasparini, I, I feel like that would just be such a massive downgrade from those two names that it would just feel like the the air was taken out of your balloon. So I don't know. I and the thing is, we who's even out there besides those two that you would want? I mean, is there a name that would satisfy you? Because I can't think of one. No, no, no. The truth is that there is no name that would satisfy me if uh, maybe, maybe, and I'm saying maybe underlining it, uh, maybe Jardim, uh, that would probably be the only name I would remotely Mm. accept close to the other names. Um, Because otherwise, no, I just, because we've seen too many experiments in the last few years. We've seen too many experiments uh, listen, the first season under Di Francesco wasn't that much of a success. We've reached the semifinal. That's probably why he got a, a contract extension and was paid three million uh, euros a, a season. But I just, I just can't envision another coach who, who's been, who's unproven on a certain level, who, I, who doesn't really have still an identity. Um, to come into this club, I'm tired of seeing it. I want somebody who knows what they're doing, uh, who know that they can be a part of something important. And listen, those rumors with the, 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 the childhood friends, Petrarchi and Conte reuniting, those were exciting rumors. Uh, and I want them to become reality because fans deserve it. But most importantly, Roma should aim for that kind of project. So real quickly before we end this, rumors of a third Luciano Spalletti experience at Roma. I don't know who is starting them, but they're on Twitter. <laughs> so I think I was also one of the okay, people that so, started it. All right, well I'll blame you for this shit. Then. <laughs> um, I see people asking it rhetorically. 
Um, I don't know how many times I could say no to that, but holy God. <laughs> You'd be against it, no? Sorry, John. No, I mean, no, I, 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 I just don't see it happening. Um, I can say, though, th- that if, if, if uh, Spalletti was, was free, he'd be one of the top names on the list because I certainly consider Spalletti to be much better, much better coach than most of the names I'm seeing out there. I, I would agree in that sense, but I, I mean, he went full, I mean, the manner in which he left, um, Jesus. Full, yeah, full cycle. Full cycle. Full cycle. Um, but he did yell Forza Roma on his way out to Trigoria, so I don't know. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe the opening is still there. Um, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. have to see. Right. right so, so let's end <laughs> yeah. it here. We will, uh, we'll be back later in the week because obviously there's, there's going to be more talking points. More news is going to creak out, I think. This week in regards to the sporting director and managerial, I assume. Um, so we'll see. We'll be late. We'll be back later in the week. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and until next time, ciao.